From the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Discerning Marriage Podcast, hosted by Elizabeth Busby. Hey, y'all. It's Elizabeth. I am so honored to have you joining us today. I am joined by Liv Harrison, whom you can learn more about in the show notes if you have not been introduced to one of Liv's episodes yet. Um, she's a, a wonderful person to dialogue with on this podcast. And we're having some funky issues with her mic, so please bear with us. Um, what we have to say is so worth it. We're pushing through um, and hopeful that you guys will still be able to get some good stuff out of it despite the frustrating technology. So let's jump in. Hey, Liv. Hello. Hi. Hi, friend. How are you? Great. I'm so great. And I am pumped about this topic, which is so funny because it's not a topic that typically pumps people up, uh, but it's a passion area in my heart. So we're going to be spending this podcast time chatting about breakups. Oh, uh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> like, like my heart just dropped. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh. No, I get it. It's good. And you have healthy things to say. I know that. So I'm excited to hear because it's nice to be able to help other people go through this. It really is. I know it's no fun, but I firmly believe that breakups, specifically the bad, the really agonizing ones, they really affect the trajectory of a person's discernment of their vocation, right? Um, and they can, you know, for better or worse, they can send you on a path that can either lead you to, you know, the fulfilling life that God has for you, or can really lead you away if you don't process the pain well. And I just think it's doing um, kind of all my listeners, like this community I'm, you know, building around discerning marriage, a huge disservice if we don't talk about breakups, because yeah. sometimes it happens, right? Like It's hard. Have- it's part of it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. You have to. Yep. Yep. So, um, there's so many things to talk about, right? I think it's important to talk about all aspects of it, like how to know when you need to break up to how to do it while honoring your partner's dignity to how to handle post breakup conversations and potential friendships. Like what do you do with the relationship after, you know, you're breaking up, broken up to kind of what to do with your pain. And there's tons to unpack, right? And this is definitely going to take a few episodes. Liv and I, Liv, you'll have to just keep chatting with me about breakups because I have (laughs) so much to say. Um, But I want to start today by talking about um, the pain that comes from breakups and validating that pain, right? I think we need to start there. So one of the things that I think is too common is that people write off breakups as not that big of a deal, right? It's like, totally get over it. Like there are other fish in the sea, kind of that L Woods. Yeah, second up buttercup. Like second up buttercup. Yeah. Yeah, that Elle Woods scene from Legally Blonde where she's laying on her bed, like stuffing chocolate in her face and she like throws the chocolates at the TV and then she like picks herself up and goes to law school. So like that kind of a like, it takes a hot second, move on, live your life. Okay. I think that that does a huge disservice to the pain that people feel sometimes during a breakup. Now, of course, breakups are as different as relationships are, right? As different as people are. There's not one size fits all for breakups. And I know that. And I know that some people, um, both parties in the relationship will have been uh, on the same page. It'll be a very mutual breakup and there'll be sadness, but there won't be like deep grief. I get that. Um, I get that some breakups are going to be like, I'm so glad to be out of there. It was a really good decision to to end it. I totally get that. Um, But I know that there are going to be some people who end up in a lot of pain about the breakup. And so I think that if we are able to um, 
press into that pain, there's something so beautiful and redemptive about it. So if you think about it, the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ, right? Calvary is in a sense, the biggest breakup that the world has ever seen. Whoa. I love that. You went there. Like, like, what in the world? Okay. Wow. I never thought about that. I mean, in that way, never thought about it in that sense at all. That's okay. Wow. Blowing my mind. I think okay. because all right. you think I about it. it, right? Like once you say it, you're like, oh yeah, okay. But yeah. Think oh, yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Like so you have the lover who is longing to give himself to his beloved, right? He just wants relationship. Jesus wants relationship with all of us. And you know, every time we sin, we rupture that relationship. But of course, in the cross, like he wanted to give himself, be fully received by her. And there was a total rejection of him, right? Of course, they took it to an extreme and killed him. Okay, the analogy breaks down. But if you think about like at the core of the pain that Jesus is feeling, there is this sense of losing his beloved or total rejection by his beloved. Of course, he knows they're not lost. And of course, he knows that there's beautiful redemption on the other side. And it's just an analogy, people. But I do think there's something to be said for the way that his heart broke on Calvary. Mm. And there's, it's so valid right? No one would look at the cross and be like, you're so lame for being upset, Jesus. Like no one would do that, right? Oh, Um, right. So if you are going through a breakup and it feels like this huge, bitter, awful rejection, I think that that is an opportunity to take your pain to Jesus, right? To recognize that it's not, you're not alone in this. And of course, like the life of, in the life of Jesus is contained all of the joys and sufferings of the human experience, right? Like Jesus knows where we are. He can be with us where we are. But I think particularly in breakups, there's a way that Jesus can meet you and love you and tenderly caress your face and just tell you like, I am here. You are not alone. And I just want to validate you. If you've been through a breakup or you're going through a breakup and you're in a lot of pain, that is okay. Take that pain to Jesus, right? Let yourself be up close and personal with Jesus on the cross to, to kiss his painful face. Let him kiss you back and be in that space with him, right? Um, his merciful heart that pours out with love for us. So I think that if we can look at breakups that way, not only for the breakups that we go through, but for the breakups that people we love go through, right? If we're tempted to tell people to suck it up buttercup, if we're tempted to tell people like, it's not that big of a deal, just move on. He wasn't that good for you anyway. Like, I'm super glad this relationship is over. All those things might be true, but that does not invalidate the pain that the person is going through. So it can frame so much of our experience, both with ourselves, but with the people that we love. So. Oh no, that's so beautiful. It's so true. I think, um, I think it's so, you know, not just this horrible thing that happens in life breakups, but really any tragedy. And I, I, yeah. I that's why I was pausing and hesitating because I was like, <laughs> I mean, that seems a little dramatic to say this is tragic, but, but it, it can is, be. I mean, yeah. it, it can be, it can be very much, um, trauma. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and it disrupts normal life and it disrupts a lot of things. And I think anything that is in the realm or could flirt with trauma, even if Mm -hmm. you're not sure if it is, or, you know, it's as traumatic as it not. I feel like I I spend, I don't know about you, Elizabeth, but I feel like I spend half my time trying to label or decipher what it is I have. Like, oh, is this actually trauma? (laughs) Sure. Actually tragic, you know, and I spend all this energy trying to label it. Right. Instead, I feel like, you know, like when you go to the urgent care and you're like, I don't feel well. And they're like, oh, well, you tested negative for flu and strep, but 
you have all the symptoms, you know, and that's <laughs> yeah. not really that great. So they're like, we're going to give you Tamiflu anyway. Like, I feel like that's what you need to do with your heart sometimes. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe it isn't trauma. Maybe it isn't tragedy, but you know what? Treat it as such. And I think you're right to call it to the carpet is what I like to say that, I, you know, that, that are in psychological terms. <laughs> that was, I was kidding. I don't, that's not really a psychological term. Um, but where you, you downplay things. We like to do that. We want people in our lives to move on, whether right. it's grief well of the loss of a person, grief of a job, grief of a, a pet, grief of, I didn't get that, you know, that house, my career, whatever. And we want people to move on. We want them to, we need them to yes. move on. Yes, we, we need can't them to move forward. We, yes. we can't handle it. We don't know how to handle it. So with breakups, especially with what you're talking about, especially if the friends and the family in our life were not, let's say, pro person. That <laughs> Big just fan. Out. Yep. Exactly. They're like, yes, they're gone. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so it, then it doesn't negate the feelings. It doesn't negate the exchange right. that happened between the two people, especially right. if there was love there or if they thought they were in love. Like, listen, it gets complicated really fast. So fast. And that's part of the problem. So messy. So I, I just, I didn't mean to like, just like steal this whole thing, but I really want to advocate and say, do not diminish someone else's reality. Do not diminish okay. someone else's reality because you are not living it. So that is just more pain and more hurt and more confusion. If you have nothing nice to say, say nothing. Right. Don't push people when they're not ready. So if you're not ready for them, you like, if you're not ready because you're having a hard time that your friend isn't moving on, your sister isn't moving on, your mother isn't moving on, whoever. I love how I made it all female, but okay, <laughs> what does that say, Dr. Freud? Um, <laughs> then you need to check yourself. Why? Why are you so disturbed that this person can't move on from this breakup? You know what I mean? Like sit with that a little bit. So I just wanted to kind of talk on that side also, since you opened up that door, yeah. because I know we want to talk about the person who's going through the breakup as we should, right. but also the rest of us, right. Who are going to be dealing with people who right. are dealing with breakup. Let's just kind of like, just like you do with the death, you know, like there's certain rules mm -hmm. who goes to a funeral and says, well, are you done? Huh? Why are, are we good? crying? You good are now? We good? Here's a tuna <laughs> salad. Like, let's move on. You know what I mean? Like no yeah. one does this yeah. or you shouldn't ever go to a funeral. <laughs> right. All right. Just so there you go. That's yes. my two cents on that. It's that's so true. And that's such a good point because like people can be very tempted if like, if you're going through a really intense breakup and the people around you just really want you to move on, you can be super tempted to just shove your feelings and try to keep living your life. That is a way to have something that was even if it was just mildly traumatic, kind of putting my clinical hat on, that is a way to make something like that unprocessed and it can become PTSD over time, right? Something that would have otherwise maybe not have been festering like that. Um, and it is something you could have processed before. If you're shoving your feelings away, if you're not letting yourself feel your feelings, then they are going to get infected and you're going to have to deal with the fallout of that. Ooh, right? I, I like that. Your feelings so, can get infected. I so like true. That. Bitterness, resentment, so like true. it just... PTSD, like it just gets, it gets all yucky in there. Right. And you're going to have to open it back up. So feeling your feelings and 
you know, obviously everyone needs to take responsibility for their own feelings. If someone's going through a breakup, they need to be taking responsibility for healing themselves, even if the people around them aren't validating, which is part of what I want to, I want to validate you in that. Sure. But it makes it easier for them, right? Why not? Why compound someone else's suffering by invalidating them? Hard. Your experience is different than theirs, right? And I love that. Their, their reality, their reality in suffering, their reality, their subjective experience of something right. is valid right? Just because it's different than how you would handle it or how you had handled it in the past. Or like if all of you dated the same guy and you all broke up and your experiences were all so different, like that's okay. Um, that is okay. So take your pain to Jesus. He gets it. He knows it. And if there's someone in your life going through a breakup and you don't know what to do, you be the one who have the, to have the courage to take them to the cross, right? And the, like sit with them and just tell them to, you know, bring it to Jesus, read through the, script, the scripture of the crucifixion with them, give them permission to just sit in that space with the Lord. And that is the best thing you can do. That's the best thing you can do is validating their pain and giving them permission to feel it. Um, even though they should be able to take permission for themselves when we're vulnerable, it's hard to remember that stuff. So be that person sure. who can love them through that. So yes, love it. Um, so the next thing I want to dive into today I think this is incredibly important guys. And like, really, but if before I die, this idea becomes disseminated enough to the point that it's like a thing, like people consider this a thing, I'll consider my career a job well done. I'll be like, way to go, Elizabeth. I think this is so important um, because there are so many elements of breakups that are so misunderstood and it affects people really negatively in the long run. So when you are, the, I guess I'll tell you the principle. The principle is that it's important to redefine breakups as successful discernments, okay? So often we think about breakups as uh, a failure, right? And I think this comes back, I know you and I have spoken about this in another episode. I don't know if you guys have listened to that one yet, but we've spoken about The Bachelor Effect, right? The show The Bachelor um, yeah. and how it really, it, it kind of gives us a, a feel for where the culture is in a sense, when it comes to dating, obviously it's a bit of an extreme, but not that much of an extreme. Um, and so I think that one, you know, there are 25 people on the show. The winner is the one who ends up getting proposed to, right? Everyone else is a loser. All the rest of you rejected. You're all rejected. You are disposable. That's what that says. You are disposable. You are replaceable by something better. There you go. Yeah, and I which think is heartbreaking. It sure. is heartbreaking. And I do think that um, that's one of the negative things about The Bachelor is that they do actually make that a reality. But I think we can all, we we see it and incorporate it to an extreme that's not actually the case as, you know, it does not uphold our dignity as children of God when we begin to see ourselves as replaceable or um, or the other words you were using. I can't think of them. <laughs> Disposable. There you go. Um, rejection. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, you're fine. So, so I think when we have talked about discernment a lot, obviously, <laughs> discerning right. podcast, sure. we talked about discernment a lot, but really at its core, you're trying to find, you're seeking the will of God in your life, trying to find God's will for you and your path to holiness, right? If you are dating someone, it is implicitly understood that your purpose of doing that is to figure out if you're called to marry them, right? And in episode four, you and I talked about the intentional stages of dating because I think it's, I think being intentional with um, your DTRs in a sense is super important. Uh, but even if you're not super intentional about it and you don't know if you're boyfriend, girlfriend, you don't know, blah, 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 there's still this understanding that you're trying to figure out if you're going to marry that person. And right. if you, if the relationship ends and you are able to say with confidence, that the person you are dating isn't a good fit for you, then 
Well done. You did it. That was a successful discernment. Okay. Good. I like that. Discerned yeah. No, you discern. No. So successful relationships are not just the ones that end in marriage. Successful relationships are ones that end, um, on the path that God has you on right? If you have the courage to say yes to someone to marry them, you ought to also have the courage to say no, if that's what God's asking you to do, if they're not a good fit and reframing relationships and reframing breakups in a way that helps you to see that clearly, right? That what I'm doing in this relationship is trying to figure out God's will for me. Then there is a much deeper freedom in the breakup. Now that doesn't negate the pain. I'm not talking about the invalidating the pain that you're feeling, but I'm talking about the way that you look at the situation and look at yourself. So you don't feel like you were disposable. So you don't feel, you may have been rejected, but that pe- that rejection does not become a piece of your identity, right? It doesn't in, in become integrated into your understanding of who you are. It doesn't make you feel um, like guilty, like you should have done something different. I mean, maybe, maybe you did do something wrong and that would be an appropriate use of your conscience, helping you feel guilty, but just in general of like, I should have been able to make this work and now I can't or shame. Like I, I, why couldn't I have done this? Or like, I'm so stupid. I'm so dumb. I should have seen this. I should have known like, so embarrassed, you know, there's so much embarrassment and so much, it can fester into like bitterness and resentment, just all this yucky, yucky, like icky pills to swallow. Like all of that stuff. So much of that stuff can be um, mitigated in a sense by redefining breakups as successful discernments. And if you have that posture of appropriate discernment, right, you know, you're trying to figure out God's will for you. If you have that posture, it is easier to do other things that are necessary in good, wholesome relationships, like practice chastity, right. And practice emotional, uh, virtue, emotional boundaries. You know, it's easier to, to, you know, not write his last name at the end of your name on every notebook ever, like all the 16 year olds, Elizabeth Busby, um, writing, <laughs> writing everyone's <laughs> last name to see if it fits, um, you know, those sorts of things where you're like emotionally marrying yourself to the person or whatever. Um, it can keep the context. Pause on that. Okay. Emotionally marrying yourself to the person. Oh, I think that's, that's a, a very, that, that's a topic alone to dive in, to dive into. <laughs> yes. Because um, that's a real thing. You absolutely can find yourself emotionally married to someone mm-hmm. and acting and, and, treating it as if that's where you are and what you are, both of you. And then come to find out you're not, you know, you're not married. So unless you actually get married, you're not. Right. That's until a very, you, that's yes, until you get married, to, you're not. You're not. That's exactly right. So you don't act like, it's almost like the opposite. Um, well, I mean, it's the same concept, but the whole concept of like playing house, that means yes. like you're physically being together, right? Yes. But emotionally that's playing house because you're emotionally so playing. Well said house with each other. And, and those, that's dangerous. Yes. And it's, it's dangerous because it clouds discernment, right? Yep. It makes it harder, both the physical intimacy, right? If you're having sex with a person, if you're living with a person, like the, right. that clouds your judgment from a physical perspective, but also emotionally. But if you've emotionally right. treated yourself to the person, right? Um, it, you get so connected that it makes it one hard to discern, right? It's very hard to discern clearly what God has for you when you're already so attached, either physically or emotionally, but then it or, both. or both. But then it makes the breakup so much worse. It makes the breakup so much worse when you're essentially divorcing yourself from them. Um, right, and, and right. So the breakup becomes so much more intense when you have to literally like wretched you're, the two of you apart. Um, yes, that is such a good point. And then so, it's really hard um, sometimes it means more to the other person. You know, sometimes it's not yeah. a mutual ripping. Somebody you know, sometimes one person is like, 
I'm done and leaves. And the other person's like, I'm still having these emotions and feelings. Yes. And often, actually, I think that often happens. That happens a lot. And you were like, but yep. last week we were, we were fine. Emotionally together. We were great. Like everything was fantastic. And now today you're done. Like you don't want me anymore. You're yeah. done. You know, like you've moved on and we didn't even like, and they do, and they move on and they leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other person is left holding all of this emotion and all of this confusion and um, so many questions and so many like, you know, <laughs> unanswered, so like true. the threads that just go everywhere and you're just, it's just a big mess. I mean, that talk about a mess. That's yes. like, and it's really difficult if you're trying to figure it out alone. It's fantastic when it works that it's mutual. Everybody sits down, you're adults, you look at each other face to face. You have a conversation, you have mm-hmm. closure, you talk things out, you ask questions. Sure. That's a Disney Hallmark ending, you know? It but is. Rarely does that happen with any relationship. Forget right. romantic. I mean, that That's really true. happens with friendship. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like girlfriends or guy friends, you know, whatever. Yep. So, um, so yeah, there's just so many layers to this, Elizabeth. It's so just heart wrenching. It is. Heart wrenching. It is. And because we've covered two of my big breakup ideas already, I'm actually going to push pause on this conversation with you, Liv, and uh, pick up with a couple of more of my ideas um, in the new year. So we'll give people a chance to digest these ideas that I have presented here and kind of process through them. And then join us again um, whenever we air part two of this breakup episode. So Liv, thank you so much for being here to talk about what is just objectively an awkward topic. Um, I'm really grateful to have you here with me. And thank all of you for listening. I am, as always, honored to have you listen along. But this topic in particular, this episode is dropping during Advent. And so I think that this is a topic that is not talked about often enough and a group of people, a demographic that um, is often forgotten during the holiday season, people who have broken hearts um, and who are wanting to be with people that they're not with anymore. So especially in 2020, obviously lots and lots of people are suffering with the pandemic, but I think that people who are going through breakups um, are also suffering, of course, and I hope that you are able to gain something beneficial out of this episode. So I did want to also let you know that the 2021 immersion course schedule is on the TOB Institute website. If you are interested in joining for a course, we would absolutely love to have you. And um, the, the registration for the first few in the year is open. So please join us if that is something that you're able to do this coming year and be watching for what online offerings are available. And uh, we are so happy to have you join us next week as well, because I am going to be doing for kind of the season finale of this uh, season one, I'm going to be doing a listener Q&A. So we have a, a place for you to drop your questions in the show notes. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, and I'm just going to be going through as many of them as I can in the allotted amount of time. So if you have a question, please drop it. I love getting to talk to people about how this stuff applies to your real life. So I'm really looking forward to that. And until next time, stay close to the heart of Jesus and be not afraid. The Discerning Marriage Podcast is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute. For more information about discerning marriage, visit discerningmarriage.com. To learn more about the Theology of the Body, visit tobinstitute.org.